As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 187 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Today's story is from South Wales. It's a story that's always disturbed me since I first heard about it. And it hits one of the major themes we see so often in this podcast. A terrible crime committed by someone that nobody thought could be capable of such brutality. It is a shocking story. Before we begin, a huge thank you to all my supporters on Patreon but especially all the new members of this exclusive club. That's Matthew Terry, Michael Webb, Sonia, Jenny Perks, Rebecca Manners, Jenny Dalton, Kelly Wallace, Ashley, and also Louise Ross, who's increased her support. Thank you all so much. If you want to join us and access 43 bonus episodes and all the exclusive content from the UK's 37th most popular UK true crime podcast, just head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. I'm back talking serial killers online with crime journalist Chris Summers later this month. Chris was in court for the trial of the Wests and also Steve Wright. So get your tickets today at UKTrueCrime.com. I'm delighted this podcast is sponsored by Noom, that's N-O-O-M. Getting in shape to me isn't a number on the scale. It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about myself. We all have different motivations. For me, with working long hours in my job and of course writing this podcast, I'm very aware that the fitter I am, the better I can concentrate and for longer. And this is where the flexibility of Noom works with my lifestyle. I can eat what I want in moderation because Noom helps me make better decisions. And with all of us stuck for time, Noom just asks you to commit 10 minutes a day, that's all. Time we can all make for ourselves and our future. I also like the way that Noom treats us as adults. Sure, we all go off track sometimes, but that's okay, and there's no making you feel terrible about it. Just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps can make huge progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash U-K-T-C. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash U-K-T-C to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash U-K-T-C. I'm delighted that this podcast is sponsored by Tails.com. Every dog is unique. That's why at Tails.com, every dog gets a tasty recipe that's made just for them as for a million combinations. And it's delivered to your door each month. Easy for you, perfect for your dog. I feed my two Dalmatians Tails.com food as it's not just good nutrition, it's tailored nutrition. At Tails.com, you simply tell them all about your dog 
and they then make a tailor-made recipe to match your dog's tastes, fitness levels and health needs exactly. From a million combinations, they create recipes which cater for chicken lovers, fish fanatics, sensitive stomachs and everything in between. And my two love it. In particular, young Dizzy Rascal has a sensitive tummy and Tails.com helps him with a unique recipe that's balanced with prebiotics and the right kinds of fibre. I'm with Tails.com for the long term to ensure my two dogs get the maximum benefit from their tailored nutrition. And remember, it's delivered to your door once a month, so no more struggling around the shops finding what you're looking for. Just go to tails.com slash UK True Crime and tell them all about your dog for 75% off your first box. That is tails.com slash UK True Crime and tell them all about your dog for 75% off your first box. Let's quickly set some context for when the events we will talk about took place and see if you can guess the month and the year. Top of the UK singles chart was DJ Khalif featuring Charlie Poof with See You Again. I wonder if my pronunciation is up to speed there. <laughs> Usual, I guess. In the US, it was Uptown Funk from Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Hey, you might just be familiar with that one. And in Australia this month, the top album was Lee Kernigan with Spirit of the Anzacs. In the news this month, Barack Obama and Raul Castro met in Panama, the first meeting of US and Cuban heads of state since the Cuban Revolution. James Anderson became the highest wicket-taking bowler in England's Test cricket history. I still recall how lovely he was with my young daughter at Lords a few years ago. There was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake near Kathmandu in Nepal, killing 8,000 people and leaving over 100,000 homeless and destroyed many historic sites. Remember that? And in UK true crime news, former Oxfordshire nurse Andrew Hutchinson was jailed for 18 years for rape, sexual assault and voyeurism. If you recall the case, it involved unconscious women between 2011 and 2013. Two of these offences took place at the John Ratcliffe Hospital in Oxford when these poor women were under general anaesthetic. Just horrendous. Have you guessed the month and year? It was, of course, April 2015. With a population of around 32,000 people, Pontypri in South Wales sits alongside the A470 from Merthyr Tydfil to Cardiff. Cardiff's about 10 miles away and it's at the intersection of the Taff and Rhondda Valleys. Singer Tom Jones was born here and the stirring Welsh national anthem Land of My Fathers was composed here. When we joined the story, Pontypri on that damp, grey April evening in 2015 was an unsettled place. In the tight local community, all sorts of rumours were circulating about the nature of the police operation at Sardis Road, Hoda Pontypri Rugby Club. The roads on the approach had been cordoned off and a helicopter was heard flying low over the town. There were all sorts of stories about attacks and murder and even cannibalism. It was over five hours later that the confirmation came through that detectives were actually investigating a murder. People were scared, leading police and councillors to make pronouncements about how rare such violence was. But in Pontypris, people stayed close to the TV and radio and waited for more news about what had happened. And when it came, the community was instantly in shock. 
Detectives had found a severed head lying on its side, 138 metres inside a storm drain near Pontypri Rugby Club at the heart of the community. Tracy Woodford was 47. She was a kind, loving and gentle woman who, when we joined the story, was living with her mum and brother in Pontypri. Tracy was slim, petite, five foot tall with shoulder-length gingery blonde hair. She was a single woman, not in employment, and apart from collecting money at the post office, shopping on behalf of her family or visiting local pubs, she didn't go out very much and was happy at home doing crosswords. On that April day, she'd been out shopping with her mum for a ring when she decided to stop at a town centre pub in Pontypri, known as the Skinny Dog. Tracy was known there, and she soon got chatting with a bunch of men at the bar. But Tracy didn't come home that night, or the night after. This was completely out of character for Tracy, and her worried family called the police to report her as missing. Detectives immediately took the disappearance of this vulnerable person seriously, and began tracing her movements on the night she was last seen. At the skinny dog, a number of people remembered her coming into the pub, and one name kept coming up as the man she was talking to the most. Christopher May. And CCTV appeared to show the two leaving the pub at closing time, with Tracy wearing Christopher's coat for warmth on the chilly evening, as they presumably headed back to his flat located just 400 metres or so away from the pub. Two police officers working on the case, Sergeant Stuart Williams and PC Craig Gardner, phoned Christopher to ask if he had seen Tracy since she disappeared. He told them that he was busy and could they talk about this a little later. The officers weren't at all happy with this and they turned up at his flat just five minutes after the call. Neither could have ever expected to have seen what they found and neither would ever forget that day for the rest of their lives. Christopher May opened the door and immediately they could see he was clearly not himself. But at this time, when asked, he claimed that Tracy had told him to piss off after he tried to cop a feel under a railway bridge and that was the last he'd seen of her. The officers weren't happy. They described May later as showing signs of considerable unease, with his voice changing and his hands shaking. The two officers started to carry out a search of the flat and were told by him there's nothing in there before they entered the bathroom. And as they did, they were greeted by that smell that those who have smelt it can never forget. They saw parts of Tracy's dismembered body lying in the bath with the saw that had been used to cut them from her torso and the torso itself was in a rucksack, ready to be moved by May. Other parts of her internal organs were found blocking his toilet as he had attempted to flush away the evidence. Later, forensic pathologist Dr Derek James told of when he arrived at the flat and discovered her arms and legs in the bath and her rib cage in a black Adidas sports bag. He said, When I entered the flat, I could smell bleach and decomposition. I could see bottles of liquid that had been left out. As I opened the bathroom cupboard, I found an untidy, distorted assortment of tools and boxes. We found a plastic bag, a black Adidas bag, and a woman's handbag in the bedroom. 
When the sports bag was opened, I found a black plastic bag with something wrapped inside it. When I opened it, I found part of a human ribcage. It also found the end of a right thumb stuffed into a woman's purse, which had Tracy's bank cards inside. He added that inside her handbag, he found four of her fingers. When interviewed, May told detectives they should look in the vicinity of the rugby club to find Tracy's head, saying they might find it there. And detectives went on to discover her head in the storm drain. It was hidden in a place where May used to play as a child. Detectives believed he'd put it there as the water would likely flush her body out to sea where it would not be found, or if it was, it wouldn't be traced back to him. And this is why Tracy's torso was in a rucksack in his flat, ready to be taken to the same place. It was chilling to think that May had placed Tracy's head in a pound stretcher bag and walked through the streets of Pontypris to dispose of it at the rugby club. Had he got some sort of thrill from doing this? May almost immediately admitted being responsible for Tracy's death, but he denied murder. He told detectives on arriving home from the pub they'd engaged in consensual sex before falling asleep. When he woke up the next day, he said that he saw Tracy going through his wallet. They'd argued, he became angry, and he lost total control and strangled her. He couldn't recall much of what had happened, but when he realised what he had done, he had panicked and took the decision to dismember her body. But detectives weren't buying this at all. His internet records showed that he was up until 6am watching porn, so this didn't fit with his narrative of a man panicking after carrying out a murder. They believed that Tracy had willingly returned to his home as he had promised her more alcohol. Witnesses reported that someone in the Skinny Dog pub asked her if she would go home with them if they bought her more drinks. She said openly she was not that kind of girl, but the group continued joking around. Detectives believed she had willingly gone back to May's flat for cider but once she'd rejected his sexual advances, he then lost his temper and killed her. Shockingly, once she was dead, May had almost certainly had sex with Tracy's corpse. So just who was Christopher May? Born in Pontypris in December 1943, May stayed local, going to school in the town and then starting his trade as a butcher when he was still in his teens. Speaking later to Wales Online, an ex-colleague who worked as a butcher with May for almost 20 years told how May was an accomplished butcher, describing him as a very nice guy, very helpful, and so they always had loads of banter and he was a laugh. When the butcher shop closed, May became a taxi driver and then worked at a local electronics company. Once that shut, he moved to Cardiff where he lived with his partner Tina and the couple had two children staying together until 2002. It was reported that in 2010, Tina took her own life. It seems that not long after this, May's life began to take a downward trajectory. Without a job and not seeing many people, except when signing on at the job centre, he began to drink more, and was a regular at the Skinny Dog Boozer, where he'd have up to eight bottles of his favourite beer, Newcastle Brown Ale, every night, and usually chat with his mates there. He was well known by staff at the pub, and one of the bar staff, Rebecca Williams, said, 
I never had to say bad words to him in the pub or stop his drink. He's always been a gentleman. We used to have banter. I would call him Little Legs and I'd give him lifts home from work. Another of his mates from the pub who had known him for over ten years said, He was alright, a bit of a joker, a nice bloke. He used to come to my flat. I'd go to his and watch the rugby. He was a pleasant fella. We've always got on very well and he's always been a good laugh. We didn't talk in depth about our lives, but we had a laugh, joke and a few beers together. And I see him as a friend. At his trial in October 2015, the defence went to great lengths to show Christopher May as just one of the boys, living a normal life with friends. He was a good neighbour, an interest in rugby, and he maybe just drank a bit more than was healthy. They continue to insist that Tracy was killed by May in a violent rage after he found her going through his wallet and insulting his children. But the prosecution wasn't having this one little bit. Prosecutor Roger Thomas QC said, This was a deliberate, brutal, vicious and sexually motivated murder. The circumstances surrounding her death are harrowing and disturbing. After her death, she was mutilated and dismembered. Those actions were carried out deliberately and methodically, with the clear intention of concealing what had happened. He warned the jury that the case would encourage feelings of anger, horror and revulsion. He wasn't wrong. The two officers who had first visited May gave evidence. Sergeant Williams described May's flat as smelling of, I quote, gone off meat and said how the defendant appeared uneasy before the discovery of body parts in the shower. I was very shocked, he added. I double-checked to see what I saw. I couldn't believe my eyes. And a visibly upset PC gardener told the jury, I thought I was watching a horror movie. I've been in the police force 11 years. I've never had to deal with anything like this before. On April the 21st, after a night at his local pub, May, described by QC Thomas as a sexual predator, made advances towards a fragile woman. One of the bar staff, Rebecca Williams, told the court that May was drinking with two friends before Tracy joined their table. She said she'd been so worried about Tracy that she'd refused to serve her any more alcohol as she was too drunk and described her that evening as particularly fragile looking. And during the trial, it seemed that all staff at the pub found him as genial as his mates. One was much less enthusiastic about May, saying, He started talking to me about his love of redheads, how we were perfect and good in bed, which quite offended me. He asked if he could look at my fingers. I hesitantly put my hand out and he grabbed hold of my fingers. He seemed disgusted by the way I had my fingers and he said I should look after them better and he was stroking them. It upset me and disturbed me that he was saying these strange things to someone who was young enough to be his daughter. Another said the same thing about May, that he was often crude and crass and would make sexual comments about women in the pub on a regular basis. The jury were out for under an hour and when they returned they announced their verdict to the hush courtroom. Guilty. Guilty of murder. May stayed straight ahead as friends and family of Tracy shouted yes, yes from the public gallery. At last there was justice for her family who'd been forced to listen 
to all the distressing details of her death at the trial. In a victim's statement, Tracy's mum, Linda, had spoke earlier about seeing her reassembled daughter's body, saying, I stood over her crying. I didn't know what to do or say. I kissed her on the forehead, then I had to leave the room. Tracy led a simple life which revolved around her family. She was happy doing her crosswords and wouldn't have heard to fly. I miss her so much. This man has torn my family apart, it's destroyed us. It has totally destroyed us all. Sentencing May to 28 years in prison, the judge said he was a dangerous predator who may never be released from jail. You have fought this case from start to finish, Judge Davis told him, and remorse has not been a feature of your defence. Your murder of Tracy Woodford was cruel, callous and determined. These same characteristics prompted you to dismember the body of Tracy and then deliberately conceal it. This was done for one reason, to avoid detection for the murder you knew you had committed. You embarked on this with little thought for your victim and still less for her family, whose grief was made more anguished by the grim dismemberment of her body. And after the trial, Tracy's family said, no words can begin to explain what Christopher May has done to our family. His action on that night in April, and over the following days with what he did to Tracy's body, has destroyed us all. We simply cannot understand how anyone can treat another human being in this way. The thoughts and visions of what he did to Tracy has haunted us every day for the last seven months, and it's something we will never get over. Our mother has nightmares most nights, waking up screaming Tracy's name, asking, why would he do this to her? We see the devastation in each other's eyes. Having to sit in court a few feet away from him, and listening to all the graphic details of what he did to her body, and how he disposed of certain parts in the storm drain, was almost too painful to listen to. But it was something that we, as her brother and sister, felt we had to do. People say time is a great healer, but we can honestly say that no amount of time will heal our pain or fill the hole this monster has left in our family. So what do you make of what we've heard today? Unfortunately, it's another shocking story yet again where an innocent person loses their life in terrible circumstances. Just why did May feel he had to kill Tracy? Why not just let her go home to her family? I don't understand it, do you? I do feel some sympathy for his children and his family, but as for May, as he lies there now in his cell, thinking that he's going to die in that prison. After the court case, a number of his friends spoke about his often lecherous behaviour. One called Dave, who had known May for three years, told Wales Online that he frequently lecherd over women, saying, Chris would sit down and talk to them and they would get up and walk off. I saw that a few times, he said. He would take notice of any woman who would pay him any attention at all. He never really spoke about his likes or dislikes. It was all about women. He would talk about football, boxing, TV and other men's stuff sometimes, but it was mainly women. But many of us know people like this. I know I certainly do. But what was it that made him become a killer? I guess we'll never know. But of course our real sympathies lie with Tracy's family and friends. The way she was killed by a man so experienced as a butcher 
is chilling to think about. And to know someone that you love and care about so deeply has been dismembered in such a brutal way must be hard to ever come to terms with. And then to have to sit through the trial and hear all the awful details is just beyond belief, isn't it? We wish Tracy's family well, of course, and hope they're able to find some peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK True Crime, please head over to the Facebook group. We've got about 38,000 of us there now. And to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. You will find 43 bonus episodes, stats, access to an exclusive Facebook group just for Patreon supporters, have the opportunity to watch me record a podcast live. You can get cheap tickets for the online serial killers talk and loads more exclusive content. For example, this week, I wrote about my three biggest podcasting mistakes, and they're all whoppers. <laughs> Take a look now at patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. So that is all for me for this week. I'm off to get my bookcase position correctly behind me, ahead of the online serial killer talk, and remove some of the more niche volumes, like the Guide to Saunas in the Northwest, and the History of the Kings of Leon. No one wants to read that nonsense. And so on that bombshell, cheerio for now. And remember, despite all the others, please do stay classy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. 
LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 